as a guy, I don't know how I can break up with another guy. You know what I mean? I don't know how to say, Bill, I feel I need to see other men. <laughs> do you know what I mean? There is nothing I can do. I have to wait for someone to die. I think that's the only way out of this relationship. It could be a long time. See, the great thing about guys is that we can become friends based on almost nothing. Just two guys will just become friends just because they're two guys. That's almost all we need to have in common. Because sports, sports and women is really all we talk about. If there was no sports and no women, the only thing guys would ever say is, uh, so what's in the refrigerator? And we're back with a, another episode of Seinfeld Season 1, but we've kind of got to get into, Rachel, what happened to them after the pilot aired. Okay. Because that gives us an idea of how we get to the rest of Season 1. Sure, sure. So the pilot airs on June 5th, 1989, terrible time, and what really makes the show sink a little bit in the eyes of NBC what 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 they said was the NBC's executives thought it was funny the people in in the office thought it was funny sure but then the higher ups and the test audiences thought it wasn't we kind of talked about that they thought it was too New York it was too Jewish Jerry laughs about the fact that the show was considered new funny unusual and appealing to young adults and therefore they didn't want to pick it up because it was that's too... why well i think he's joke half joking oh, about okay. all that but i i think the idea is that it was so different that they didn't know what to do with it gotcha but what happens is a couple of the guys that were producers on the show were like well then we'll just they thought it was dead at nbc because of the test audience that came back so they decided well we'll try a different channel they went to fox to pitch the show okay interesting which is interesting because we know what Fox is doing at this same time. They're trying yeah. to get The Simpsons ready. They're trying to get Married with Children ready. So they're all about different kinds of shows. No, that's why, yeah, that is why it's interesting that they went to Fox, yeah. Fox turned them down. Hmm. Yeah, which, hmm. I mean, can you imagine if they had The Simpsons they had all and of it? Seinfeld yeah, and really. Married with Children? They would have been, uh, you know, a bigger network than they are now. I mean, now they're... Well, they're consumed by Disney, I guess, but... Greed. Consumed by greed, you mean. Well, part of the... I mean, well, <laughs> greed on both ends. The, yeah. the Fox network that remains and the part that got consumed by Disney. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so anyway, what ends up happening is... I hope I get the producer that did this right. Rick Ludwin, who was one of the execs at NBC, he decides he really likes the show. He, mm -hmm. go, he decides to go to bat for the show. He thinks they've got something. And he, he says in a documentary thing that I watched, he's like, I wasn't Jewish. I'm not from New York. I thought it was funny. So he decides to go to bat for it. He goes to the president of NBC and he gives up some of his budget that he had for other projects. Wow. For late night projects to get episodes of Seinfeld made. Now, okay. the yeah. budget that he gave up allowed for four episodes <laughs> that's still Seinfeld. quite a bit though well a, a typical i mean we've seen kind of like the typical first season it, it's anywhere between like six and 13 something like that sure. to kind of get your your show going no that makes sense so four episodes was 
low. Okay. And Jason Alexander, who had the most experience, was like, oh, four, great. I, I guess I won't move out to LA. And like Michael, <laughs> Michael Richards, who has experience, was like, four, I guess they owe somebody something. And Jerry says that he thought that was like a good thing, and Larry was freaked out that he had to write four episodes. But the people that had the experience just thought, okay, well, they're trying, but they're not really going to, they don't really care. That was the thought. But okay. yeah, it is, it is an interesting bit of trivia about how the rest of season one got made because of the fact that this guy gave up some other projects to try to get Seinfeld going. Exactly. I mean, you're putting a lot into it then. You're, it's literally putting your money where, where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. Really. Exactly. So kudos to him for doing that because who it probably wouldn't have we wouldn't have it. One of my inter, one of the interesting thought experiments that I always have is what happens if something as trivial as a television show that happens to be super popular even at the time or to, still today didn't exist. Because like. You want to think that these things are... We're talking about trivial shit here, right? right. Like, and that's the whole point of our show. It, you want to think it doesn't have an impact at all? Right. But you kind of know it would. I think it's... it would have an impact. I mean, you've you got to think about the type of people who would watch this stuff, too. I mean... Right. What they grow up on, what, mm-hmm. how they talk, how they learn. Right. Yeah. You know, we learned a lot from Arthur. I mean, we're going we're gonna to have to do a thing on Arthur and talk about that one, well, I would think. And if Arthur comes out on Blu-ray or 4K, I am buying that. I don't care what the price is. PBS, you put a price on that, I will buy that <laughs> shit. The entire, the entire, the entire Arthur catalog. collection. That's yeah. right. The entire thing. Yes. Worth on it. the shelf. 100%. Immediately. We already know it's on the shelf. Spoiler <laughs> we'll alert, there. Arthur is we'll on the there. shelf. We'll get to Arthur. I don't know, I don't know when, but we'll, we will. So anyway... What ends up happening is they're given a choice. They start writing these episodes, and they're given one note by the studio. And that one note is, we need a woman on the show. You need to bring in a woman. And they decide that's fair. It makes sense to have a female character. And Larry yeah, decides... I, I feel like it's kind of weird not to have a female character. Yeah. I mean, I guess because the way that they were writing it, it was like, well, there was no woman in Jerry's life. Uh, okay. But it, the show is more based on Larry David's life than Jerry's. You all truth like jerry is playing himself but the circumstances around george is larry sure oh so actually are we trying to say that seinfeld is actually all about george costanza (laughs) or it's actually from george's perspective because we're in the audience when we watch when we watch jerry on stage george would be in the audience right Eh? it's it's possible (laughs) again get that youtube video ready that I'm George just is actually the all protagonist. All the conspiracy theories, yeah. George is the protagonist, or, or is it Kramer? Oh, well, it's definitely not Kramer. It's definitely not Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> but Larry has a friend of his that th- that he did date previously, Monica Yates, and they decided to become friends after they broke up, and it worked out, and they're like friends. So Larry decides to make that in to write that in for Jerry. Mm-hmm. So I it's think not, what it boils really a love interest, it's a friendship. It's even a though... friend. Yeah. Cuz it's cause... a little deeper. Cuts a little deeper. Well, cuz Jerry and Larry did not want a love interest to spark between the characters. They sure. Larry was very adamant about it and Jerry agreed that they wanted them to just be friends. Which is funny because now sitcoms nowadays force it. it. They force that to happen so they might be friends with the girl or the guy right on the show and then 
people want them to get together, so they well, force it to happen. And it's like, a, it doesn't need to happen. But they there's can a, be friends. You know why that, that they force it. And, and we'll talk about it down the line. Stay tuned for, it's on the list, you know, upcoming. It's because of Jim and Pam. Like, that's uh, I why. I know, but uh, come on. <laughs> Even that was like, okay, the second they get together, end the damn thing. Just end it. Because there, there, nothing is going to come after that. Because the whole thing was them flirting back and forth. All yeah. the time. And that was the whole yeah. thing. After they got together, I got bored. I will t- say that right now. I got bored with that show after they got together. Well, sto- spo- hey, spoiler alert for a future episode. Save it, save it for, <laughs> for that time. But what I was going to say is I think a lot of this is based off of Larry. One, because he's probably the better writer of the two between Larry and Jerry. Okay. So he's the one coming up with more ideas. But the second part being, I think Larry's more, what, what do I want, experienced in the world he okay. has more he has more stuff to pull in from life that's okay. weird because he's so eccentric <laughs> right that, so like yeah, he has a lot i feel like jerry is just so i feel like jerry is an introvert probably like i feel like he eats he he gets home from the club he eats his bowl of cereal he gets up he reads the paper yeah he's just he, kind of he, like every like, day that's all he does yeah and i feel like larry is so spastic and eccentric that he just has a lot of weirder stuff to pull on than Jerry. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I could see they... that being the, the way it is for them in real life, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's why a lot of the background comes from Larry's experiences, because Jerry would be like, I don't know, uh, we'll just bring in another neighbors. If he wouldn't have I guess I talked to another neighbor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they make the character of Elaine. The character was originally named Eileen. I like Elaine a lot more. I like I Elaine why, better too. Yeah. But Elaine works better than Eileen. It feels Eileen. softer. <laughs> yeah. Just like <laughs> word wise, it feels like a softer word. You can than say Elaine. Elaine. Fl- Elaine. Yeah. 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 It flows <laughs> off the tongue. So they decide to read a bunch of people for this. They read Megan Mullally from She Ends Up on Will and Grace. She's Tammy on Parks and Rec. I prefer pa- Tammy on Parks and Rec. I, I prefer saying. Tammy on Parks and Rec. Uh, <laughs> Patricia Patricia Heaton from Every, Everybody Loves Raymond, his wife on Everybody Loves Raymond. Okay. They Ooh, read Roseanne. That would have been a bad one. Roseanne. Oh, God, no. As Elaine. Absolutely not. Oh, hey, Jerry. That would have been the worst. Oh, Get immediately out. done. One season out, done. <laughs> They determined that, so Larry suggested Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, from his season on SNL. Okay. Julia comes in, uh, according to Michael Richards, <laughs> it's hard to tell when Michael Richards is being serious and when he's joking in, <laughs> in any of these interviews. Uh-oh. I guess just like that time that he got in trouble like 15 years ago, too. Oh, clearly, God. I think he was trying to joke then, but we'll get into that later, or in a different episode. So Michael Richards is like... He remembers Julia showed up wearing cowboy boots. Okay. And he does this like, oh, yes, this is our girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, um, it's possible that he was joking about it, but also being serious about it. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Cowgirl yeah. boots? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> um, my side note here that you can cut out if you want to, Rachel, is... Of all of the people that have been on Seinfeld, and there's a ton of people on Seinfeld, Mm -hmm. I really did not expect, spoiler alert for the end of Black Widow, or end credits of Black Widow, 
to get excited oh for my god <laughs> right like the fact like, that oh. julia is that she is she is the she's probably the best actor of all of them oh i would opinion. think so she Actual has been, actor yes yeah and she's done multiple things now like she in veep or mm-hmm. the um, old adventures of new Christine. Yeah. The new adventures of old Christine. Um, <laughs> one of those. <laughs> one of the other. Both shows. They should make a prequel called the old the new Adve- the old, old adventures, adventures of, of new Christine. Christine. <laughs> it's a prequel. But obviously, she was she fit into the, with the cast right away. Absolutely. But to think that now. She's in the MCU, and it, she's a she's the surprise. <laughs> Elaine Bennis is the surprise. Oh my god, it was exciting though. I was like, oh, Elaine, hello. So what ends up happening is that they've written these stories, they've filmed the shows, they filmed the shows in the spring of 1990, and the president of NBC or one of the execs comes up to the exec for Seinfeld and says, "Well, you have a choice. You can either take a spot in the spring, in a worse time slot, and try to make the fall schedule." Or you can take the summer and take the slot after Cheers' reruns, but you won't be able to make the fall schedule. Okay. And they decide, the guy that says, like, it, it didn't make, he knew exactly what he was going to do. We're taking, the, we're taking the spot after Cheers. Okay. So they, end up, so they end up premiering the, the rest of these four episodes in the summer of 1990. The first one that they show, I think, is actually the stakeout, but that's not what we're doing because we're going in the order on the DVDs. We're going in the production order. Yep. Because that's the order of the actual story. Right. And we're telling the story here. We're not doing, <laughs> we're telling the fucking story, which means after that whole tirade that we go on, we're talking about episode two of Seinfeld, Male Unbonding, which aired on June 14th, 1990, written by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, directed by Tom Chironis. Mm-hmm note about this one is it is the only episode of Seinfeld that is not the blank. Um, That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah, and I guess Jerry says that they had it called the male on bonding, but it didn't fit or something, so they just went with male on bonding. putting the the on it kind of sounds funky. Take the the off. It's cleaner. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Jerry mentions that he didn't want the writers to try to be coming up with clever titles. Mm-hmm. So that's why everything is the blank. Gotcha. And so I, it's it just makes very, total sense. very simplistic, very to the point. Well, he was like, don't waste your energy on trying to come up with a title. And they actually, it actually is more distinguishable because it's the blank mm-hmm. nowadays. You think about The Simpsons that we love, and you can tell that the writers put in a lot of work to come up with a clever title. Right. And it's like, is it really worth it? You don't need to come up with a clever title. No. A lot of people don't even look at the title of the episodes. Especially back then when they didn't realize that this stuff was going to be on TV forever. And sure. people would know the epi- episode titles. Right. You didn't know the episode titles in 1990. No. I feel like, if you want to call them normal people, probably don't know episode titles now. The normies. You know, the normies out there. So, let's get into it. This, so like we said, the pilot a year before, now they've kind of, a year later, they've refurbished a lot of the stuff about the show. Mm -hmm. It looks very different. The theme is here now. The theme written by Jonathan Wolf. I hope he's a very, I hope he's a very rich man for coming up with this theme too. Oh yeah. (laughs) Because this is so much better. And it's iconic. It's classic. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It makes so much more sense than the previous theme 
it really embodies it what gives Seinfeld is. Much yeah. more character. Yeah. Because it's this, you know, it's it makes sense for what Seinfeld is. This exactly. Nonsense show. Jerry is giving stand up about men with tools. I didn't write anything else after that. So he's just talking about tools. Well, he's talking about men and fixing things and how it make it flocks all men together just to bond about being manly men and fixing things. All right. Yeah, you fit it in with the, the idea of the show. Because yeah. I, I guess it, the whole idea of this show is men's relationships with each other. Exactly. Like that is the, that's the theme behind this episode. Right. It's not just men with tools. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Because it is like, he, he's like, the only reason that there's a wall up at a construction site is so that a man doesn't come up and be like, oh, what do you got there? Steel girder? Yeah. Looks good. <laughs> Should hold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can't say the same. I'm not a handyman. Dad tried to make me a handyman. Which would have been helpful in life, but I didn't take. Instead, I'm <laughs> wasting hours of my life talking about 30-year-old episodes of Seinfeld with you. Yeah, you know. it's a bit, that's a bit more constructive, I think. I think Dad's fine with it. It's good. Uh, so, <laughs> it gives him something to do when right. something happens to my house. Yeah. So, the apartment is the first facade that we see, and it's right now. Now we get the, the right wall of jerry's apartment mm -hmm. and it starts with george and jerry in the apartment lobby which is not something that we get to see very often no uh it comes up a few times in the in the series but not very often but they're in the lobby and george is complaining that he said something wrong to a woman <laughs> this wouldn't um, be the last time <laughs> <laughs> i thought that george starts in this one he's a little more george now oh he is definitely more george now he's a little less sure of himself than he was in the pilot and i like that it feels better so i guess what happens is he put his hand in his pocket to get some money and he got some dental floss stuck on his hand <laughs> and he's worried that his girlfriend is going to leave him because of it because of the dental uh floss Right, and, it, and that is something where it's just like, it's very George, where it's something so stupid, but he thinks that it's, and it's small, who would care? Right, like, oh, okay, but, you had dental floss at one point. But we know that this crew of people would care about that if their boyfriend or girlfriend would do, he had dental floss in his hand. Right, like, oh yeah, they would be totally turned around, they judgmental completely on the opposite end. Yeah. Well, well, she had dental floss so they, in her purse. So they think the no same about themselves. No way I'm staying with this one. Right. So so they think that, well, if I'm judging that person, then they're judging me. Right. I think we've all been there or have been on either side of that where you're Absolutely. judging someone on something really stupid and small, which is the whole point again of the show. Or, like, or you just have horrific anxiety and you think something's big, but on the other oh, end, yeah. if, you, if they did it to you, you'd be like, well, it's not a big deal, but... I did it. So it's got to be a huge deal. <laughs> I say something stupid all the time. And I think, man, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. Or like, <laughs> man, they're going to remember that and they're going to hate me forever. And the person probably doesn't even remember you said it. No. Because it doesn't matter. Because it's okay. But, oh, God. <laughs> so Jerry asks George if it's not because of the floss, but it's because of the fanny pack. Because George <laughs> is wearing a fanny pack in this first scene. Yeah. Which... Was a thing back then. Just I to walk they... around with a fanny pack. Like, that just seems odd to me. Is Was that not a... That wasn't a thing It must have been then? a thing just to have a fanny pack. I think it's a thing for hipsters now. Like, like look, I have my fanny pack. Well, see, okay, but... here... here I'll, I'll, I'll spill this. The only time I ever wear a fanny pack is if we are in 
an amusement park or I'm running or hiking or something like that because then it's attached to me and I don't have pockets. So that is my pocket, right? But I don't have it where it's like this giant fanny pack from the 90s that's colorful and really showy. It's usually hidden. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is big. George is rocking this fanny pack. Oh, yeah, because it's bright blue against his khakis or whatever he's wearing. (laughs) I don't know if if it's made an unironic comeback. I do feel like if you go to a music festival, you'll see hipsters wearing it. Probably. Thinking that it's funny because it's not funny. But well, I mean, the 80s and the 90s are making a comeback. The fashion sense and I everything. We might be so... past the 80s at this point, but... Well, Gen Z. Z is obsessed with the 90s. You're Zoomers. Who, you know, we hope that you're all listening, Zoomers. But Gen Z is obsessed with the 90s. Because they weren't born yet. Exactly. It's like us with the 80s. Yeah, that makes sense. It's the it's I the do right like before 80s you. fashion. It is kind but of that, like and it's, fun. I think I think it's all because that's what you watched when you were a little kid. That's it true. Shows from then, so, so like, then it's like stuck in your it. head. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> so they go into the apartment, and Kramer is talking on the phone with someone in Jerry's apartment on Jerry's phone, and Kramer says, "Oh, he's right here," and he goes to give Jerry the phone and i love this because jerry is asking who is it and kermit's like just take it it's for you just for you you." yeah he won't (laughs) tell him so of course jerry isn't happy with it and then he becomes even angry when he when he finds out who it is he like kind of slaps kramer (laughs) oh they got a cure for cancer see it's all big business oh hey jerry just walked in hi george yeah, 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 yeah. Take my number. Uh, it's 555-8643. Okay, here he is. Who is it? Take it. Who is it? It's for you. Hello? Oh, hi, Joel. What? No, uh, I was out of town. I just got back. Kramer doesn't know anything. He's just my next-door neighbor. Jerry struggles to make up a plan or, like, a to get to avoid it before hanging up well because i mean think about it this way show of hands who avoids talking on a phone nowadays yeah, <laughs> like, folks at home r- raise oh, your hand. i mean seriously <laughs> but but in what but way, we have like, but the, we have caller id so if you're right. avoiding somebody you just don't answer it yeah but there is i feel like i don't know if this has ever happened to me but i feel like this scenario is still plausible like this is one that technology hasn't gotten away from because, I mean, this one, yes, because Jerry could just see it's Joel and not pick up. Yeah. But if But if Kramer, somebody ha- was already on the phone with them. Yeah, if he called Kramer, Kramer could then be like, Jerry, it's, it's, it's for you. Right. With his phone. True. So this still could have happened if the guy had Kramer's number, which he apparently gets later on in the episode. <laughs> of course. I feel like I have had that scenario happen to me where somebody wants to, me to talk to somebody else, and it's like, right. I, don't to, I don't want to talk to this person. I, like, why, why are you making me talk to them? What are you doing? Like, don't don't, tra- don't transfer that person. call to me. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> what we learn is that the person that was on the phone is Jerry's childhood friend, Joel, and Jerry does not like this person. He doesn't want to talk to this person anymore. He was friends with him, 
The guy wants to still be friends with him, but Jerry was really only friends with him because he lived down the street. They were kids. Sure. He makes the comment that he had a ping pong table. (laughs) I'd have been friends with Stalin if he had a ping pong table. So it's this idea that when you're kids, you you kind of become friends with the people that are close to you in proximity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, If you're me... You stay friends with those people for 30 years. If you're me, you don't. (laughs) You just see them on, you know, like Facebook and stuff just to see what they're up to. I mean, I I did. There were a couple of other people that I was friends with that were close proximity that I don't really talk to a lot anymore just because. But it is interesting how that all kind of works out. Yeah. I think if you continue to grow up with them, it, it makes a difference as opposed to not continuing to grow up That's with them. That's true. If they like move away or they go to a different They go to a different school, school or yeah. whatever. Which is typically what happened to me. Right, right. And we, you know, went, went through high school and stuff. Kramer says, starts to go in about his idea to make a pizza place where you make your own pie. <laughs> you toss the dough up in the air and you spread the sauce and the cheese and then you put it in the oven. Which comes back later on in the series, of course. Of course. But this is the first mention of this idea. I, I did not remember that he talks about making the pizza place where I you did. make your own pie. I remember this. <laughs> this early on, though, I did not remember that he, he well, comes up Well, yeah, maybe not this early on, but I do remember some of his crazy schemes and this was one of them I remember. And he mentions that it would be part of Cramerica Industries, <laughs> which is the first mention of Cramerica Industries, too. Right. Which comes back to play later on again. I need to get the Cramerica Industries shirt. I've got a Stark Industries. I've got a Wayne Enterprises. I need a Cramerica Industries shirt. Definitely. Or Vandalay Industries, one of the two. No, nah, I think both. <laughs> no, both. They're two different industries. Oh, they absolutely are. They're two very distinct different companies. One is an architecture <laughs> firm. With all that also does importing and exporting. And, and one export, is, yes, importing and, and, yeah, exporting, and exporting, as we find and, out. And Cramerica Industries is more of like an entrepreneurial like startup, almost like an angel investing company. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Which I could just see Kramer being an investor. He just Absol- invests if he in had, like if everything. If he had money, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We should write... Now this here's an idea. Uh oh. This is a hell of an idea. Here we go. We should we should write a fake Seinfeld script if they were around today. Ooh. Where somehow Kramer fell ass backwards into money. I thought he in, like, was I thought market. he was like He does have money, like that's how he yeah. can live that way. Yeah. Because I think he inherited it or right. something. And he just doesn't care. So what if I have this money? And then he goes, well, I'm gonna a... in, I'm gonna invest it. There's a funny Twitter account, or there was, I don't know if it still exists, called Seinfeld Today or something like that, or Seinfeld in the 21st century, something like that, where it gives you plot ideas for Seinfeld if it existed today. Okay, that's interesting. One of the ones I can remember, two of the ones I can remember are Elaine goes on J-Date, which is a site for Jewish singles. Is Elaine Jewish? No, but that's okay. the whole idea. Because, like, that is something that she would do, right? Sure. And her date says that she's too Jewish. And, and, and George How can is. I be too Jewish. And George's TiVo <laughs> thinks he's gay. Oh, I could actually see all of this happening. Yeah, great ideas. I really want someone, folks at home, write those. Please. I want those shows. Fully written. I want those to happen. Even today. Like, I don't know. Uh, Kramer gets. 
Kramer gets involved in, you know, the Wall Street Bitcoin. Bets subreddit. Yeah, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Absolutely. Oh. Kramer tries to fund Kramerican Industries with Bitcoin. Oh like my god, like that. that would be Absolutely. that would totally happen. <laughs> Jerry gets canceled for saying something on stage. All Ooh, this stuff would yes. be great. And it has to be like the most inoffensive thing ever. I would love that. Most inoffensive. Yes. And they don't tell it. Like they don't tell you what he said. Like yeah, the that, yeah, you never episode. find out what he says. <laughs> and then the rest of the crew are like like yeah i heard what you said on stage he's like why is everybody talking about this <laughs> it goes okay. viral on tiktok or something yeah exactly so anyway now that we've given the internet plenty of fodder for, for, for this <laughs> jerry says he hates talking to this guy but what is he gonna do is he gonna break up with him how do you break up if, with a guy how do you how break, do you up, break with up, up with a friend and george is like yeah just pretend he's a woman break up with him tell him the truth and they both kind of cringe at the idea of having to tell him the truth yeah this whole idea of having to break up with a with someone of the same sex i don't know if i've ever had to go through platonic relationship though yeah a platonic you're right i'm sorry apologies for a platonic relationship yeah well for me the same sex well yeah someone with a platonic relationship yeah to break up with someone in a platonic relationship i don't know if i've ever had to do it just because i have so I have a, a small sect of very close friends. Yeah. That even when we get pissed off at each other, it, it's going to pass. Like, you know, it's not going to be This too a... shall pass. I mean, have I had to... No, I just let it just, like, wilt. Yeah. You just kind of let kind it of wilt. Ignore, you ignore the phone when they call. But you do... Usually, some... usually it was kind of an agreed upon, a silently agreed upon, like, let's not be friends anymore type of thing. And you just stop talking. I kind of would want to know, <laughs> folks at home, have you had to do this where you have a platonic relationship with someone and you have to do this breakup? Because I do feel like I, I feel like I've had this a couple of times in my life. But to your point, like you don't break up with them; you just kind of ignore them. Yeah, you just kind of let it. And they like, just, just kind of go apart. away. Yeah. yeah. The the line you don't that comes completely up... ghost it, but you just kind of let it drift. Yeah. Yeah. You, you fewer and fewer times are you available to do yes. anything with this person right i think i agree with jerry when he says several seasons down the line that i already have three friends yeah why do i, I need I more i don't need any more yeah and i kind of it's, it's kinda, like too it's I too much to handle when you have more friends yeah. it's like come on <laughs> i already have three friends i don't want any more it's enough and i think that right there proves that he's an introvert yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> We get a little bit of stand up here. If there were no sports and there was no and there were no women, men would have nothing to talk about. Straight uh, men. Well, the, I feel like and, we always have to explain this. Like straight men, yes. <laughs> I then, guess for the time of this, like when I have gay friends, that that's pretty much all we talk about too. No, you're right. That's true. That is all he has to talk about. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Oh, no. My father's gay. (laughs) (laughs) Our show is not talking about sports nor women, not necessarily all the time. We're talking about nonsense most of the time. (laughs) But we're not, you know, we're brother and sister, so it's it's a different kind of... Well, yeah, it's a different relationship. Right. And I guess my guy friends, we don't always talk about sports. But sports is one of the subjects that we talk about, for for sure. And women. (laughs) Even though I think they're all married. I mean, I guess I can't have an opinion on this. Me and my guy friends tend to talk about sports. (laughs) 
right. and video games. I think I think the closer and you like the are, the single ones are we talk about women. I think the closer you are with them, the more you you veer away from sports and women. Yeah, because you got more like, like the further they are into the acquaintance realm. I think it is a good observation because if you're just acquaintances with someone, like coworkers or whatever, mm-hmm. you're talking about sports. A hundred percent. And if it's like people that you're not really close with, maybe you're talking about your you know significant others or something like that. Right. And the closer you get, the more that you know the person. Then you're they talking open about... up a little bit more the stuff that they're yeah. into. Their then you're talking about and... four hours of Seinfeld. You're talking about exactly. movies. You're talking about TV. <laughs> so anyway. We get our first look of monks, and this is where I thought that the show seemed in color, less like the 80s. It seems sharper. Yeah. It seems more, it has that more charcoal-y color than that bright 80s look. A lot of contrast, I think is what you're thinking. Yeah. And that's what, and I don't know if it was just because it's our first look of monks, but it felt more Seinfeld-y. Okay. Here. And Jerry is trying to engage with this guy, Joel. Joel is played by Kevin Dunn. <laughs> Kevin Dunn, congratulations. Back. Congratulations. Yeah. Woo! You are the first repeat actor on Shelf Life. <laughs> I don't know. I I wouldn't have put that one in the in the in the pool if we had to bet on who the first no. repeat actor was going to be. I think it's hilarious. But coming back from our episode on Small Soldiers, see the back catalog. If, you, if this is your first episode that you're joining. But look at that. We got some fun trivia for our, our, our podcast already. Yeah. For, <laughs> yeah, for our podcast wiki. For you lifers that are taking care of the podcast wiki, make sure that it says Kevin Dunn was the first repeat. <laughs> Please. I want an entire page on Kevin Dunn. <laughs> Just because of that. He's, he, Kevin Dunn is actually, joking aside, is doing a really good job. In oh this yeah, episode. he does. He has to be like this manic asshole in that, this episode. He's an asshole, <laughs> absolutely. The, First class. He, he just keeps talking about shit. He just keeps going off and on and off about complaining about stuff to Jerry, and Jerry keeps trying to engage in this conversation, and the guy is not listening. No, he's not paying attention. Not to anything Jerry says. It could. It could be. Well, like he says, he's going to what. Where does he he's say he's go, going? He's going to go do a show in like, Iran yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And it's and the guy's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sounds good. That, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, they would do that. Okay, you're not listening at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 oh, no, I was going to say, and then, like, he's such a jerk to the waitress. Come on. Yes. He, uh, the waitress comes over, and he complains about whether or not it's real turkey. And or, or he, like, a thing in a tube? turkey roll oh a turkey i don't roll. know what the hell that is i'm assuming it's like a paste that's like they put in like you know and they roll it up type of thing like a paste that sounds gross but you know what i mean right like a I, I, paste. I yeah i looked at i just googled it now it's i don't it's i guess is it it's more like is it processed meat well that's what i'm saying right because it looks like i don't know it looks kind of weird I was thinking, is it some sort of a ham roll? You know when you get a ham roll at, like, a funeral or whatever else a ham roll might be served? No. Are you, you know, when you get, wrap? like, a roll of ham. They take a piece of ham and they roll it up. Like, is that the same thing as rolling a piece of turkey? I don't think so. Well, this is a, I don't... I actually have no idea what this man is talking about. I assumed it was, like, is it some sort of processed meat? 
I assume, I, that's what I was thinking, but I was thinking, like, maybe it was, like, a paste that they they make into a roll. I don't know. That sounds gross, but it's, like, This allows me to tell this story on air, though. Uh-oh. Um, okay, I'm excited. I don't know what you're gonna say. No, it's a very short little anecdote. Okay. <laughs> um, so, years ago, I remember Mom and I went to go get Arby's. Okay. And we went into the Arby's to buy the food. And it's an Arby's, right? Sure. It felt like an Arby's night. So we were ordering our food, and the guy behind us walks up to the counter, and he goes, is this processed meat? Oh, God. At Arby's. Sure. And the girl goes, I, I, I'm not sure. And he goes, well, is it, if it's not, if it's processed meat, I don't want it. And he walked out of the pool, out of Arby's. Okay. So I don't know if the girl was going to check or not. And probably assuming... not because she probably doesn't know how she probably would ask the manager and then the manager would have to ask somebody else because they just work there that's just like but some also... teenager working at arby's right <laughs> they don't care. right but also so you're at an arby's do you not know what you just walked into like it has a drive-through i don't think that necessarily means it's processed meat it probably is but i'm like just I, saying it's not necessarily i don't, don't want to, I don't want to uh, are you looking it up now if arby's has, the name of arby's if it isn't processed meat i assume it is because it's fast food but folks at home write in let us know if arby's is processed meat or not i really don't know but apparently monks might be using turkey roll instead of real turkey jerry basically realizes like how he treated the waitress and he goes like how can you talk to someone that that like that that, like that, that. made him snap and he was able to just yeah. be like what are you doing no and he tries to break up with him but the guy keeps going on and he kind of initiates it and does it and he's just he plays it out like you would break up a real relationship of just exactly. like it's this, this isn't working out we don't have anything in common and Kevin Dunn does an, an awesome job. He starts crying and he starts shouting like, I always tell everybody about you. Go see a show. And... <laughs> Listen, Joel. I don't think we should see each other anymore. <laughs> this friendship, it's not working. Not working? What are you talking about? We're just not suited to be friends. Well, how can you say that? Look, you're a nice guy. It's just that we don't have anything in common. Wait, wait, wait what did I do? Tell me what, I want to know what I did. You, you didn't do anything. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> it's, this is very difficult. Look, I, I know I call you too much, right? I mean, I, I know, you're a very busy guy. No, it's not that. You're one of the few people I can talk to. Now, come on, that's not true. No, I always tell everybody about you and tell everybody to go see your show. <laughs> I mean, I'm your biggest fan. I know, I know. I mean, you're my best friend. Best friend? I've never been to your apartment. I cannot believe that this is happening. I can't believe it. Okay, okay, forget it. It's okay. So he makes this big scene, and Jerry T's trying to he be backpedals. Like, it's me. Yeah. Huh? He starts to backpedal a little bit. Yeah, so Jerry starts backpedaling, and he says, like, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. We'll still go. We'll still go. We'll go. St we'll still go where? To the Knicks game. I don't so know if Jerry we talked offers... about that. Oh, yeah, I don't think we have talked about that. So Jerry offers him, Jerry had offered him a ticket to the Knicks game. He had two tickets to the Knicks game. And he had offered him a ticket to the Knicks game. So he still says, like, no, we can still go to the Knicks game. We can still go. And it's for 
this Wednesday, not right. next Wednesday. Yeah. I get into this with people all the time because if we were to say we're recording this on a weekend, if I were to say this Tuesday, yep, I literally mean four days from now. This, this coming Tuesday. Tuesday. If I say next Tuesday, I mean 10 days from now or whatever, like the next week. <laughs> I, this is how people should talk. <laughs> Period. Oh my um, gosh. So Joel, I mean, technically, though, if you think about it, hold on. Your thought okay, Rachel, process Rachel doesn't hundred percent. Are you gonna get? Are you gonna get on the soapbox well, about this? Is no, this no, a no, Rachel no. soapbox? No, 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 no. no a Rachel rant. I'm just, I'm just seeing the logic in what you're saying. So you're saying this Tuesday is the next, like this, this coming Tuesday, right? Yes. But it also is the next Tuesday that we will see. Yes. So you could say next Tuesday and it mean the Tuesday that okay, is in but a couple if it's, of days. All right. Yes. If, if it's a Wednesday, uh, I understand that. But if it's a Monday and you're talking about this Wednesday, you're talking yes, about that the Wednesday. Wednesday that's in two days. Yes. But the next Wednesday is not like this Wednesday. like next week's Wednesday. Yes. The next See, means it's, it's not It's the, because the we're not using a full sentence, I think. So it's like this coming Tuesday, right? Next week's Wednesday. It makes more sense if you add one little word in between. I kind of want, want all of the people at home to, to weigh in on this as well. See, this is, this is what's good about the Seinfeld series of Shelf Life is we're getting a lot of these social cues worked out here. Exactly. We need to. I this think I'm right for. on this one. I'm, I'm not wrong. saying you're wrong or I'm right. I'm wrong 95% I'm just of saying. the time. I think I'm right about this one. <laughs> so he goes right back to berating the staff. He's like, where is this waitress? George and Jerry are then at the bank. George has a giant bucket of pennies. <laughs> and George is telling how this girl ended up breaking up with him. Yep. And they went out to lunch and the girl broke up with him at lunch before they ordered. And basically what happens is George has to make a decision of whether to finish the meal <laughs> or leave. Because it was before the meal came. Right. And he decides to sit there and finish the lunch. So, Rachel, I posited this to you. Would oh, you have boy. sat there and finished the lunch? All right, well, you said it was before they ordered. Was it before they ordered? Was it... So it was after they ordered, but before they ate, there's food. I can't remember. Were, are they sitting there together eating still? Yeah. Like, so they broke up and they're just going to sit They broke up. They're sitting together? there awkwardly eating together. I'd probably table. box it up and head out. I mean... <laughs> That's a good solution. That's actually. what I would Can do. I get it's this like, to go? Well, you know what? I'm going to yeah. get this to go because we just broke up. No, I don't want to be sitting. I'm not going to tell the wait. I'm not going to tell the waitress. Oh why no, 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 I no, no, no. To go. no, no, no. They don't care. They could care less. I just want this boxed up so I can pay for it and leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, I now probably, here's the yeah. question, though: Who's paying for it? Is the person well, who broke up with you? I think for the breaker upper it? should. I be think paying for it. I agree. I think the breaker upper should pay for the meal. According to George, he paid had to pay for it. I mean, the, the I, other thought is is that you pay for your own and you leave. That's fine too. Yeah. But at the very least, the break the break up er needs to put some cash down on the table. Here. No, I agree. Yeah, they have to pay for the tip. Yes. Oh, <laughs> they have to pay the tip as well. Oh yeah, because now you just you just made an awkward situation for the the server. So I okay. say you have to pay for the tip. I think this is all fair. I, I think we can. I think we can make that a thing. 
with you saying that, if I were the if I were the breakup e, I would feel a little bit like, well, at least I got a free, I got the meal out of it. At least I got a free sandwich out of it or whatever. Yeah, it's it's your comfort food. Yeah, absolutely. And I would also say that if you are the breaker upper, make sure you order before because you don't need the break e ordering something extravagant knowing that you're gonna pay for well, it as okay. the guilty party here if you were to have done the breakup before ordering it all there's no you way just anybody... leave. yeah you just leave no food is being ordered <laughs> i mean i feel like you'd have like you want to get this done right away right yeah but why did you do it at a restaurant i don't know why you're doing it at a restaurant to begin with <laughs> like why are you like let's do this somewhere where it's not a restaurant whatever yeah, let's pull back for a second. You're at a restaurant. Did this just occur to you that second? Well, that's how Jerry did it you. with Joel. Yeah, but they were already going to go eat and stuff. So that was already a plan. And he wasn't really going to do it because he, he was wussing out on it. And he up, went, you know yeah. what? Screw this. You're a jerk to the waitress. I'm doing this now. A guy brings up Patrick Ewing while they're standing in line. So they're talking about the, the Knicks. Like mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing is not going to be her. He's not going to be out. Okay. And that reminds Jerry to tell George he gave the ticket away. Right. George thinks it's a joke, but then realizes it's terrible. He's like all pissed off about it. He's like, how could you do this to me? I like this little bit because, again, it is more realistic that you wouldn't just be talking about the plot. Right. You're talking about something that has nothing to do with the plot, and then something comes up, and then they remember it. So then they, they talk right. about the plot. Right, which is very real life. I mean, I guess, do we have like a plot? <clears throat> do we just have yeah, weird it's... arches that happen in life? Hold on. Having like a thing. Oh, you mean in real life? In real life, do we have just arches that currently, like, that just concurrently happen? And then there's also little side stories that happen in our own lives. So we have like an overarch, like small well, ever, arches that happen. Everyone has their own protagonist. Sure. That's like the major arch. I'm talking about little arches that happen, you know, like little plots that that go on in our lives and then we have like little offshoots that we remember during those those plots it just sounds interesting to me to think of life that way you can again make your make your master's thesis on that one or or we could make a youtube video about the philosophy of of side plots in your own life (laughs) non-playable characters see if you can see if you can plot your life out like that yeah if you can plot your life out like that what who's your main like think about it so like when you have a wedding that becomes the major arch in your life right and then everything else is kind of like a little subplot until that full story is done from the from the engagement to the wedding that is a like full story a full plot of a story so the teller tells george i love this though they can't roll them, but no, no, he they, could roll them himself. Yeah, they won't take the bucket and just, like, pour it into the machine anymore. They won't do that anymore. Like, no. back then, they would have done it. I don't know why they won't take them now. Yeah, that's kind of odd. Well, no, they make you roll them. So I, I usually I'll have, like, a, my big bucket, which is usually, like, a big coffee can of change. And yes, I've had to roll them myself so that I could take them to the bank and actually cash them or put them in an account. You have to, you have to go get the rolls from them so weird i don't understand this they used to I, have it where they would you here's my bucket of change and they just throw it at the machine and yeah, count how much it is and then be like here you go back. yeah exactly which is so how it should be and that. i don't know why it isn't anymore i really don't understand that i did like george's line though what am i supposed to roll six thousand of these should i quit my job <laughs> does and take I, a while and then i really remember the stand-up about the bank about the maze and having to get to the end like, there better be a block of cheese at the end of this, because if the bank has the the, z- the back and forth. Right. Uh, the lines. Ropes. Yeah. George is rolling pennies in Jerry's apartment. 
and Jerry tells George he really doesn't want to go with Kevin Dunn at all. He doesn't want to go with Joel. And he's going to tell him he's not going either. So he's going to tell him to take the tickets, take somebody else that he wants to take. Mm -hmm. So Kramer comes back in to say the pizza idea is going to happen, (laughs) that he's found somebody to do the pizza idea. And they fire back, very animated, I think. Is it George or is it Jerry? That's like, I don't understand how you think that this is going to happen. You're going to have people shoving their hands in it. I think it was George. I think George is the one saying you can't have regular people putting being near the ovens and touching stuff and doing all of those things. But it's all supervised. <laughs> and Jerry tells Kramer he can't imagine anybody wanting to do it. I disagree. I, yes, go ahead. <laughs> I think it's fun to make your own personal pizza. We do this. And I, I think it's really, it's like a, like a little fun thing you can do. And actually, there was a pizza place when we were younger. I don't know if they still do it, but they would take parties and you could fix your own pizza. They would put it into the oven, but you got to put all the fixings on and however much you wanted to have and got to make your own little personal pizza. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't imagine that there aren't places or a chain or something where you get to make your own pie. Now, I do agree with, George, I don't see them letting you put it's it a in liability. The oven. Yeah, that's a liability. It's a liability. Yeah, yeah. But as far as tossing the dough and putting the sauce on and, and the ingredients, I could totally see this being absolutely a thing. It even would be if it's so like, fun. Even if it's like in a touristy, even if it's like a Vegas or a, a city walk or a touristy trappy area, sure. Or even like in a, a to, like Times Square or Michigan Avenue, like a place where tourists are gonna be yeah and you're known for pizza yeah you're like known for Chicago. letting them like cook their own pizza yeah like or like making that type of pizza i could definitely see it sure so i do think that kramer has an idea here i'm not against it i i like the idea so he calls up joel and he tells him he can't make the game because he's uh tutoring his nephew <laughs> in uh geometry yeah, you know, the polygons, hexagons, right. trapezoids. And this is where he says he needs an excuse Rolodex, which is yeah, a good idea. It is a good idea. I like that. I, like we've discussed, I very much like Jerry, don't want to do anything. That's been the plus of COVID is having that as an as a, just a... An excuse. It's an excuse, man. The COVID. And you just, it's just, oh, okay. <laughs> so... I mean, sometimes it's true. Like, it is true. Like, I don't want to... Oh, no, yeah. No, I. It it's not just an excuse. It's just a good excuse when you really don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and now we come to the introduction of Elaine Bennis. Elaine Marie Bennis. I love Elaine. I really do. <laughs> I mean, again, all four of these characters are just so great. And we get Elaine, we get Julia doing it. I think that she's perfect for this because she has these little idiosyncrasies that she does, either with this character or as herself. And I feel like it's with her character because I don't see her doing the same things with her character on Veep. Just like these little facial things or like the way she says the words. She moves her arms around, you know. I don't know, part of that I do think is her though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like she's bringing in some of her own quirks into the character. Absolutely. Which is what you want somebody to do. Yes. Like that's, that's what it makes it, that's what makes it Make real and feel real. She's picking apart M&Ms. 
She's literally like breaking them in half to eat little bits of it. <laughs> and she's complaining about not wanting to be at Jerry's apartment, but she doesn't want to do anything. Right. Jerry's like, well, we could go to the coffee shop. And, and do what there? And she's like, what were we going to do there? Talk? Yeah. Well, at first she's like, well, I'm not hungry, but we could go. And she's like, yeah, we could talk. And she's like, well, I'll go if we don't have to talk. Yeah, she goes, I'll go if I don't have to talk. I'm like, ah, it's me. It's me. I just want to be out there and pretend that I'm actually being sociable. But I don't want to talk. Yeah. We're all, you're doing something, but you're not really doing anything. Right. You just want to, you just feel like you don't want to be in the house. You get that feeling of like a presence of being there and doing something constructive. Come on, let's go do something. I don't want to just sit around here. Okay. Want to go get something to eat? Where do you want to go? I don't care. I'm not hungry. (laughs) We go to one of those uh, cappuccino places. They let you just sit there. What are we going to do there? Talk? (laughs) We can talk. I'll go if I don't have to talk. (laughs) We'll just sit there. (laughs) You see Jerry kind of break a little bit. He is laughing. In the background, did you see this? He starts laughing at Elaine's performance. I'm not uh, surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. I wrote down that she binds Jerry's list of excuses because Jerry's made a list of excuses. Yep. Because she's going to check the machine. So, and she starts adding to it. And I put that she's pretty adorable here. Oh, she where is. She's like coming up with these excuses for him. Yes. And she's just laughing at them at the same time. It's hard to tell if she's like, if yeah, she's like legitimately laughing, laughing or yeah, is it the character yeah. laughing? Or but that, and that's why she is so good because I feel like she she like authentically laughs at this yes, stuff. Yes, absolutely. And he tells her that he would rather lie the rest of his life than have to tell him <laughs> the truth again. And Elaine gets a little upset because she never was able to make a man cry. She even kicked a guy in the groin once, and, and, and didn't he work. didn't cry. <laughs> I don't remember if she ever makes a man cry at another point in the series, but I feel like that could have I, been a plot. She might. She might have made Putty cry at some point. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I think Putty's cried. I think he has. Oh, we're going to have to find out now. We'll find out at some point. Yep. I'm glad you thought the same thing. That makes me feel a little <laughs> like, mm, maybe, maybe. So as they're going to leave, Joel ends up... have taken Kramer to the game based on the phone call. Kramer kind of hit it off with him, and he thinks that, and Hornig, Joel, liked the idea. And Elaine agrees. Elaine actually thinks that it is a good idea, like, to make your own pie, a place where you can make your own pie. So she's on our side here. Yeah. And Joel comes up, and he assumes that, like, oh, this is your nephew, huh? When he sees Elaine. Oh, now he knows the excuse. So at least the excuse kind of held up for Jerry. It did. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to tell him that it was Elaine. So you have a lady. Right. And he's okay with it because it's like, well, you did have an excuse. Right. And we establish here that they used to date, but they're still friends. Yep. They make that point. What happens is, is that Hornig, because Joel, because he is oblivious to the outside world about how people feel about him. He starts coming up with like, oh, well, maybe we can all go to a game together. We've got the whole list here. Sure. And Elaine has to realize that, oh, she has to come up with a good excuse. And she can't come up with a good excuse. Yeah. Uh, she's like, uh, Tuesdays are good because we have choir practice. Right. Oh, and yes. Thursday we can't because uh, we have to see if we qualify as o- organ, organ donors. donors. <laughs> and I love that Joel's like, hmm, I really should figure that one out too, shouldn't I? <laughs> like, like, oh, God. 
And Jerry's like, like I'm you surprised really should. I'm surprised it didn't go, maybe I'll just tag along with you guys. And yeah, then, really. And then they would yeah. have had, like, no, you have to make an appointment. You know, you have to do all yeah. of these things beforehand. I'm you're surprised that I, didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're thinking ahead of them on this one. I did. And he's like, well, let's take a look here. And he pulls out the schedule oh of all the dates for the Knicks games, and he starts to go through them, and that's how the show ends. It ends with stand-up. The stand-up is basically accepting you have your these your friends, whoever your friends are. Right. You may not want to see them. You may not want them to be your friends, but they are your friends. And that's <laughs> the way it is. It's just the way it is. Uh, it's a funny thought. Um, it is. Nowadays, to... nowadays, you don't, people don't think that way. But I feel like back then it was kind of the thought process. I do like the idea, though. If you were to joke with your friends about, no, we just are our friend group. I don't want to see you people, but this is just the way it is. Right. I mean, I, as an adult. You're just the people in my life. But as this an adult, I do now. kind of understand it. I love my friends. Yes. Because, But to think about it, if you were to suddenly lose your friends, you'd be screwed. <laughs> because it's so oh hard God. to... Yes. You know what I mean? To so meet like, I get and find it. and like, actually like become friends with somebody. Yeah, you might you gotta meet have, a stranger, right? You gotta have Bumble BFF. Oh, God. You might meet a stranger, <laughs> though, right? And talk to them for a few minutes. But most likely you're not going to exchange any sort of number or something be, like that be to different. become friends. That, right. I feel like, takes more effort and thought and time than it did when I, when you're a kid. And you're like, oh, we'll just become immediately become like on Facebook or Instagram or right. something like that. And then you start talking more because of that. But, like, right. nowadays, you're not, like, and you're, like, oh, I don't really want to give you that information. I don't want you to friend request me yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends. The, the older you get, the more you're just, like, nope, these are my friends. Yes. And we're done. <laughs> I already have three friends. That's all I need. In an alternate scene, what happens is Elaine goes to Kramer's at the end of this while they're trying to make excuses. Elaine's, like, oh, I got to go right next door real quick. And Joel asks Jerry if he can ask Elaine out. Jerry basically does like, okay, that's it. It's over. Yeah. We're not friends. We're done. <laughs> and this time Joel's like, all right, fine. But I want my serial killer joke back about a, and it, it's supposed to be like about a joke about like a literal serial killer. Like he kills people eating cereal yeah, or something. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. But Joel then walks out and Jerry's relieved. Joel opens the door back up and tells him that he'll bring the tape back because in the alternate scene, he borrows a cassette tape from Jerry. Sure. And he says he'll bring the tape back next week. And Jerry's like, how like, how does he do this? Yeah, he's, he's already like manipulating his way back into a friendship. Yeah, he's like Jason from Friday the 13th. He just won't die. That alternative, <laughs> that alternative scene would have played better to explain why Kevin Dunn never shows back up, but it's probably not as funny as him taking the schedule out and trying to find another Knicks game. So I guess yeah, we're just supposed to Knicks assume game. that Jerry, fine. that maybe the alternate scene happens after the show's over. Sure. So they both happen. Right. It makes sense. It kind of, it, it kind of feels like one would flow into the other. Like Elaine would finally come yeah. up with an excuse to like get out of Jerry's apartment. To get apartment. out of the room. Yeah. 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 So I guess you could, you could headcanon it into that. But that's the end of the episode. So, Rachel, what did you think about male unbonding? I thought it was fine. I thought it actually, it, it brings up a lot of social points like we did bring up today that sure. you kind of start thinking about more and actually like why things are the way they are and how you make friends. And 
even for a woman's perspective, the same idea. Actually having feminine friends or male friends and just being, okay, well, how, how are we still friends? Do I want you as a friend anymore? All of that kind of social concepts. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like it. You know what? I really like Kevin Dunn in this episode. I think he plays that character very well because he's so annoying. <laughs> and you could feel it. Um, so did has so has your opinion changed? Because I remember coming into this, you were like, "Oh yeah, I watched this one. It was just on in the background. I didn't really care." No, I'm thinking. I think I was thinking of a different episode. Oh okay. Yeah. We'll find out. I think it was we're the going, robbery, we're going through or the or the stakeout. It was one yeah. of those. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I mean, like, it, it was fine. I still did think this one had actual funny points to it. So. Yeah. I- I mean, I would say it's fine. It's nothing special. No, nothing. Too I, I don't special. know if it if if it would be like considered a good one to show people that are unfamiliar with what Seinfeld is. I probably wouldn't. Show I don't them even this know. One. I don't even know if I would show them season one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get into that. I would say I can't tell yet if it speaks well of the episode for Seinfeld. If we go off on tangents or not, because we went off on a lot of tangents in this episode. True. Yeah. But to your point, it does bring up a lot of different ideas that you can because dive I think, into. I think the whole point is that it's about life. It's about nothing. It's about the little idiosyncrasies that you go through. And if right. it makes you think about your own life and all those little things that are a part of it, I think it's kind of doing its job. It's doing its job. <laughs> it's doing its job. <laughs> well, with that being said, that was male unbonding. We'll get into the stakeout. But first... Let's take a quick break. Continued in part two. 